Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3. Thank you Jesus. Are you there? Read together with me one to go. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made by things which do appear. Hallelujah. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Have you understood that, that yet? That through faith, the ages, time and space were framed by the word of God. And what does he say next? So that the things which are seen were not made by things which do appear listen this is the reality of the universe you live in and the sooner you learn this the better for you i'm going to break down the lesson from this in two simple almost cliche ways number one there is a spirit realm a spirit realm I mean, it's so basic, but a lot of people don't understand it. Or they act like they don't. There is a spirit realm. You have to be aware that there is a spirit realm. Number two, you are a spirit being. You are a spirit being. Paul told the church at Thessalonica, he says, I pray that the God of peace will sanctify you wholly and that your spirit, soul, and body will be preserved blameless at the coming of Jesus Christ. So when he talks about you as a whole, he's talking about your spirit, soul, and body. You've heard it before, that man is a tripartite being, you know, and that's a good way to describe our nature. Well, we're actually not tripartite. To call man tripartite is to give equal parts or importance to body, soul, and spirit. Man is spirit, has a soul, lives in a body. Hallelujah. We know at the coming of Christ, you're going to take on a new body, but you'll be the same person. Isn't that true? So that means that this body is not you. A man of God put it this way and it's so true. He said, actually, you've never seen me before. And I've never seen you before. What I see is your casing. That's what I see. I remember as a young child, you know, they told me that this family friend had gone to be with the Lord. And, you know, it was devastating. You know, he was a nice man, philanthropist and all of that. And so we went for his wake, you know. And everybody was crying like... He's gone, oh, gone too soon. You know, there were banners everywhere. But the man was right there. So it appeared. In the coffin. 
He looked like he was sleeping. Like, why is everybody crying? Let's tap him and let him wake up. But he was not there. And so for the first time, I realized that the man I always knew was not the person I always saw. Hallelujah. You are a spirit being. And you live in a spirit realm. A lot of people only realize this when it's too late. When they become victims of supernatural occurrences. If you are not aware that you live in a spirit world, it will work against you. People who know about it will use it against you. Because in that spirit realm, there is the negative side and the positive side. We have good spirit and bad spirit. Good angels and bad angels. And you have to be aware of them. You have to be aware. It says, the things that appear are not made. The things that you see are not made by things which do appear. So, there is a spirit realm. Not only is there a spirit realm, but it superimposes on the things that you see. Praise the Lord. Growing up as a Christian, it, it, it was my first shock, you know. This young boy was behaving in a weird way. Of course, there's always a medical term for things like that. You know, when um, Jeremiah NY is a much later, I saw someone with the same characteristics. And they would say, oh, you know, my friend, I made a friend in that campground. And my friend was like, oh, this is a medical condition called so, so, so. I said, calm down. <laughs> you can't understand. Prayed for the young fellow. He fell under the power. And for 45 minutes, we were hearing another voice. In, in fact, it has happened. A lady we prayed for, we heard a masculine voice from her. And a young lady with a small frame, six guys couldn't hold her. You've heard of things like that, haven't you? Oh, it's for real. Praise the Lord. And so this guy, for 45 minutes, his lips were moving and he was not the one talking. 45 minutes. And then after all that time, he got up and said, where am I? What is happening? I said, don't worry. <laughs> Listen, you live in a spirit world. You do. And you're a spirit being. And you have, to, you have to be conscious of all this. You see, you were actually designed to function supernaturally. You were. You were. You were, fun you were designed to function supernaturally. There are aspects of you that science cannot explain. Like thoughts. Like feelings. How does science explain that? Like dreams. Because you're a spirit being. 
Hallelujah. Your spirit being. You were designed to function supernaturally. That's the truth. And the only reason why this should even be taught at all is because of the fall of man. It's because of the fall of man. What I'm talking about should be, I mean, the default lifestyle of every single human being. The reason why this has to be taught at all is because of the fall of man. When you look at the first man and how he functioned, the first thing you notice is this. God said to him, have dominion. And you know, one of the ways he exercised dominion over creation is this. The Bible says he gave names to every animal. He says, and whatever name he called them, that is what they were called. Even God called the animals what the man called them. Think about that. From the day Adam says, you will be called dog. God didn't call it anything else. And listen, that's just an example of faith. That's faith 101. The fact that the spirit realm will rally around your conviction. To birth for you an experience that is consistent with that conviction. The fact that God in his almightiness will respect what you believe. He might desire better for you, but he will not interfere with your conviction. Like I said, the spirit realm will rally around your conviction to create an experience that is consistent with that conviction. That's faith 101. God was there when the animals were named. He waited for Adam. And whatever Adam called them, that's what they were called. And that's what they'll be called forever. Praise the name of Jesus. This is serious. Well, you know what happened to Adam. God gave him a clear instruction. You, you may eat of this, every tree of the garden, but of this, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of it. Well, he did. And then things began to change. It was drastic, but it happened. It took a while, but it happened. And somehow, we began to see the nature of man change. We began to see inferiority complex. You hear the voice of God and you hide. They would talk normally in the cool of the day. You saw fear. You saw, you know, blame is as early as man. Blame game. Adam said it's the woman. The woman said it's the serpent. Praise the Lord. And so, somehow, some way, man appeared to forget who he was. And then Jesus comes on the scene. You see how Jesus lived. He exercised dominion over this earth. Dominion. Through creative power. 
through creative power. He did many miracles. And then one day, something very interesting happened. He was hungry, the Bible says. And he saw a fig tree. And he came to it for fruit. And there was no fruit on it. And so he cursed the, fr- fr- uh, the fig tree. Now someone says, why did he curse the f- fig tree? Many explanations for that. But I'll just tell you one. It was a teaching on faith. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Just so that we can learn about the nature and the character of faith. How faith is operated. The Bible says categorically that when he cursed the fig tree, the disciples heard him. Look at Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11 verse 12. Thank you Lord Jesus. From verse 12, it says, On the morrow, when they had come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of the figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No more, no man, I beg your pardon, eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And the disciples heard it. I- imagine you were there. So, you actually see a man. He's talking. And he's not talking to any human being around. He's talking to a tree. You might have read that story so much, you don't realize how powerful it is. He was talking to a tree. Come on, are you here? He spoke to the tree, and the disciples heard him. Look at verse 20. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold the fig tree that thou causest is withered away. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. Everybody read from there, one to go. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he hath said, shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he said oh wow so first of all i mean their, their default response was ah jesus you're so strange how can you do these things this is extraordinary oh how were you able to talk to a tree and a tree responded and instead of them, jesus to say oh you know it's the levels you know, where do I start from? You see, I'm so much above and beyond you. He flipped in on them. He said, have faith in God. He says, if anyone should say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, he shall have whatever he says. So now that's a discovery. 
I, I, I can talk to things I did not know. But Jesus just showed me. Jesus just showed me. That's how man was designed to function. But for a long time he didn't know. But Jesus just typified how a child of God should live. You know, and the creative power available to us. Praise the Lord. Uh, this, is, this is extraordinary. So, faith can be taught. Faith can be taught. But you know what? Even more fundamental is the fact that faith is the brilliance of our divine nature. Faith is the brilliance of our divine nature. The fact that faith needs to be taught is simply because of the fall of man. Normally, it's the brilliance. It's how we are designed to function. By God's design, that's our default setting. Something had to happen for us to act otherwise. Faith is the brilliance of our divine nature. By faith, you function at a realm that God always intended for man to function. By faith, I function naturally. Say that we may say, by faith, by faith. I, form, I, I function naturally. Let's do that again. Say, by faith, by faith. I function naturally. Hallelujah. Say, I'm naturally supernatural. You are. You are. You are. Let me give you an example. Let's look at technology. You know, maybe centuries ago, someone was, you know, under such a weather that was so harsh, so hot, you know, that he said, ah, I wish I could control temperature. Sometimes it's too cold, sometimes it's too hot. How I wish there was something I could just do and the place would be cooler when I want it to be cooler, warmer when I want it to be warmer. And when he said that, everybody just laughed. You, you imagine too much. Praise the Lord. But look at this hall we're in now. This is not the normal room temperature. It's a lot cooler than it's meant to be naturally. Because it's been conditioned. It's been controlled. Now, it might appear to you like it later became possible for us to control temperature. But it has always been possible. We just hadn't discovered how. Come on, are you with me? Yes, it had always been possible. Always been possible. This one I'm about to say, it, it should resonate with you because it happened in your generation. You know, how many of you ever watched any sci-fi, science fiction movie when you were young and people were making video calls? And we're like, oh, that's so cool, man. Like, like these people, they exaggerate. Now, seriously, how many of you ever had, um, ever watched anything that was science fiction at that time that you're seeing now? 
007, you know, and all those, Star Wars is still science fiction, what do you mean? <laughs> Go mass now. All right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, but, but the reality is, I, I mean, video calls, are you aware, in our generation, I mean, we're still getting used to telephones. I remember then, you know, coming from school, on my way back from school, my dad would park the car and then go to a payphone, you know, insert some digits, you know, so that he can call and make some business transactions. And then one day, my uncle, show-off guy, just came with one cellular, like this, big black flip stuff with antenna, like, bah! I was like, hey! What? Hey, uncle, uncle. Like, cool, man. And the day was just like, now it looks like calculator. It was just green light, just dig it. It can't do anything but call. But I'm like, what? My uncle has a cell phone. You know? I was cellular. What is it going it was a big stuff then. Praise the Lord. And then it got to a time, you know, they began to sell SIM cards. You buy one like 50K. Then you buy either Nokia 3310. You sell them. Try them. Eh? Then after, after, after a while, those Samsung Blue, Motorola, Bluebird, I'll be Blue Lights. You know, <laughs> all those, hello, motor. <laughs> all those phones are very silly now. Listen, time is, I mean, it, times are improving very fast. Praise the Lord. But think about this. Okay, let's, let's look at electricity. Electricity was always possible since the world was founded. Think about that. Always. We only learned to discover the provisions of God, the natural provisions of God, and to exploit it. And even now, there are several houses that don't have electricity. For different reasons. Some maybe are in the village, they don't have the structure, the facility for it. Some they've not paid NEPA bill. And it can even be in your house, but you don't turn on the switch. That's the same thing about the power of God. Listen, you don't know what you are capable of until you are taught. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. It's, 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 it's a spiritual discovery. So, oh, this is mine. I mean, Jesus is literally telling them, oh, you can speak to the mountain. They're like, oh, really? Can I? Praise the Lord. So the same way people say, if God is so powerful, why am I suffering? See, faith is the medium through which the power of God is appropriated in your life. There has been electricity from the foundation of the earth. But houses were not illuminated. 
dishes were not warmed. We had to discover how to exploit. Come on, are you here? Those natural provisions for our good. The same thing applies to faith. We have to learn to function by faith. And the reason why we have to learn, especially, is because we're in a fallen world. A lot of things you see around are teaching us, are desensitizing us from our faith walk. So you have to learn. You have to learn. We spoke about tenacity last week. Oh my God. And that's so important. I, I can't even emphasize the importance of that. Until you learn to be tenacious, you, can't, you have not really learned to walk a faith life. I read a mind-blowing testimony just last week. Kenetegin said he was in his house and then a young boy came and knocked the door. And he said, Mrs. So-so-so, who attends your church, my mom, she's very sick. She wants you to come and pray for her that you'll be healed. So he goes there. He prays for her. As he lays hands on her, something dramatic happened. The power of God hit the room so much that the bed shook. The window blinds shook. She had instant relief. And you know, and he went. And I mean, was excited. But the next day, the young fellow came again, knocked the door. Mama is sick again. Almost at the point of death. She wants you to pray for her. He went there. I mean, the first day he prayed about three hours. You know, the second day, two hours. As time went on, he knew how to, he, he, he called it praying down the power or something like that. He, he knew how to. He, he grew also. It got to a time, 30 minutes. But guess what? This went on for three years. So, every day for three years, he prayed for the same person at least 20 minutes. I don't know if you... First of all, <laughs> just try to remember where you were three years ago. And imagine that from that memory, you were praying 20 minutes. I'm not talking about personal devotion. You were praying for the same person. Listen, everybody that you honor in terms of miraculous and faith work, they are very tenacious. You can't talk them out of it. I mean, he, do you know what it means? Like, some of you, even the second time, you're worried like, oh, what happened now, eh? He, what happened? I'm discouraged. You know, this faith, this miracle thing. Think about that. It, it became routine. After a while, he knew the boy's knock. He just opened. As soon as he hears the knock, he would just wear his suit. It's time to go. And so three years later, ten minutes before church service, the boy knocked and he's like, ha, I usually need 30 minutes. Ten minutes, ha, okay. I'm going to have to pray for this woman. So he, he goes there, rushes. He, he could have used his car, but you know, I think it was faster. There was a short route that you could only use on foot. So he went there, you know, prayed for the woman. As it was done, ten minutes later, he, the woman wanted to say something, but he just said, you know what, we'll talk tomorrow. He was so sure. Ah, it as if, do you understand, like, 
And so he went to church. They had, they sang um, hymns. They took prayers. And it was testimony time. Testimony one, testimony two. Who else has a testimony? The doors were flung open. It was the woman. And she walked. This was a woman who was bedridden. Walked and said, you know, ten minutes after you left, I was healed instantly. All the symptoms died. But think about it. Three years, 20 minutes, same person, and then your conviction about the healing power of God did not change. Some of you don't realize the great men of God you honor. You don't, you don't realize what they face every day. The kind of challenges, you, you know, but you can't talk them out of it. You can't. And that's the kind of stubborn faith that you have to have. You have to learn it. I said in the Lagos church last week, Smith Wigglesworth, who did so many mighty works, raised that. I, I don't know how many people they said he raised from the dead, whether 8 or 18. Both of them are crazy. The two numbers are... <laughs> Do you know how many people were raised from the dead in the entire Bible? <laughs> Have you counted it before? <laughs> then one man, you know, and you read those stories, you're like, ah, we need those powers in our day, all those kind of things. You hear? You will just walk to people with ulcer, give them a punch in their stomach. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Raise people from their sick bed and punch them. And you know, it was someone that was brought for prayer like that. So he just came, family member like, ah, this man of God will pray for this person. Say, raise him up. As they raise him, give him back. The person started shouting, what kind of name is you, you fraud? I will sue you. <laughs> just look at the person. He's healed. He, he always missed the H. He's healed. And walked away. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And then I'm reading his biography and I learn that he had a daughter that was deaf. And someone is like, oh, why, those, why, those things, things, why do things like this happen? You missed the point. That should make you honor him more. Do you know what it means to live in an environment of contradiction and still hold your faith? You know, some people, just small thing, their business should just shake small. I, I wish I believe in God. You lost 10K, 10K. <laughs> Am I still sure I believe in God? I'm joking. <laughs> You wake up, you see pimples. Ha, this, am I sure there's divine healing? <laughs> but, so this is a school of faith. And we talked about one last week. You have to learn to be tenacious. Tenacious. Come to a point where nothing can stop you from believing that God is who he says he is to you. 
that after 12 years, the woman with the issue of blood can hear that there is a healer and still be interested. The fact that it's not like someone had to persuade her, her try now, I know you've tried. You know, she had spent all her money and she was willing to try something else on her own. That I will go out, I will touch him. That, that's a bigger lesson than even the healing. After tw- Do you know what 12 years is? You've tried everything. Maybe you also went to chill at the pool of Bethesda. There were too many people. He said, it can't work. Then you hear that Jesus is, is passing and you are in, you, the fact that you are interested at all. Hallelujah. So if you have not learned tenacity, you might even feel that this faith thing doesn't work. But you're learning. That's why it's better to say, you know what, I'm getting better, I'm learning. I learned to tell myself that early. When it's not working well, you know, I just say, I'm getting better. Praise the Lord. Getting better. Glory to God. The times when to cast out devils was almost a full day job. We'll argue. Come out. No. Come out. No. I say, you won't come out. I'll remove my suits. Yeah. Come out. Hallelujah. It was part of the process. Praise the Lord. I was still learning. And then I went to my room after that day. You know, just praying. And then somehow, I don't even think I was the one that played it. I think it was my roommate. You know, playing a man of God. And the man of God said, there are no strong demons. I said, ha. Ah. <laughs> He said, even the more senior demons are easier to cast out. I say, what kind of statement is this? He said, because they understand authority. So, ah, I was curious. So I sat and I learned, you know, and then when it was done preaching, it was testimony time. Oh, <laughs> And then there was this lady, she had been healed, but what was causing the sickness was still there, demon spirit. You know, and she said, you know, if I say this, you will know the person now. Pastor, there's somebody here. It's a miracle. She was something, something, something. As the woman was coming close, just by proximity, she began to vibrate. And he said, ow, ow, out! He just did his finger like this. Hey! From that day, I said, never again. I said, finger. I say, <laughs> and just by that simple faith, I said, "Oh, it's true. It's simple. I believe it." Hallelujah! You don't give up. You keep learning. At least, be honest to say, "I'm learning." Don't say it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Huh. It's not true. It's not true. <laughs> so you just have to learn to appropriate faith in your life. The power of God in your life. How to unlock the brilliance of faith or the genius of faith. Number one is simply knowledge. 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 
So these disciples saw Jesus do it. And they were like, oh, you spoke to a fig tree. And he's like, whosoever. Glory to God. That was discovery. Have you ever spoken to stuff in your life? Have you spoken? Have you spoken before? What about your health? Have you spoken to your health? What about your body? You know, years ago I heard someone say, you know, the funny thing is, when he was saying it, I felt these men of God, they like to make bold statements. We just be bragging. Sincerely, that's what I thought. He said there was a growth in his body, and he looked at it and said, I command you to cut out of my body or something like that. And it dropped when he was bathing. So, initially I was like, ah, this man have come again. Which kind of story be that? And then I began to notice a growth somewhere, you know. And one day after I finished praying, you know, just stared up, I said, in the name of Jesus, the same way he said, I cut you out of my body. And I was bathing two days after, and it just dropped. As in, I, I just used my sponge around the place, and it dropped. It had dried up, and it dropped as if it was foreign. Sometimes you just need someone to tell you, this is who you are. This is what you can do. Hallelujah. The knowledge is so important. About your health. About your finances. You know, a lot of people have exaggerated this. You know, come up with principles that are not really biblical. Alright. But, oh my goodness. But there is a truth to it. Ha. I can't lie to you. Listen, you can function supernaturally in your finances. You were meant to. You were meant to. The man God created was not meant to experience lack. He was not meant to. So, I told you, you know, they were praying one time and then a prophet named Agabus the Bible says he signified by the Spirit that there was going to be a drought. I've taught you that many times. He was not an economic expert. But by prayer and prophecy, he knew there was going to be an economic downtime. And so they prepared for it and sent relief to the church at Jerusalem. Think about that. The spirit realm superimposes on the natural. Your health, the same thing. Hallelujah. And if you're not really seeing it to the degree that you want to, just keep growing. Just keep growing. But never stop using your faith. Don't say, ah, the last time I was sick and I tried it. it didn't Listen, there's nothing wrong in using drugs. Nothing. You, you have to understand that. Nothing. But should you come to a point where, you know, as a believer, you don't even consider the possibility of a healing. You are just like, which doctor can do it? Which, which doctor? You are searching profiles. The time might just come when no doctor can help you. And you know what a lot of people do then? Because it takes time to build faith. And that's why you have to start learning it now. Now, you that have, you have not moved mosquito with your faith, you want to move a mountain. 
Start now. Start growing. Don't ride on the miracles of others. Don't be like, you know, the Egyptians. They don't know God. They don't have a leader with a rod. But Moses separated the Red Sea. And they saw Red Sea open there till they wanted to enter. Hallelujah. Learn faith for yourself. Start practicing it from the small things. Hallelujah. Just this morning, driving to church, thinking about the miracles that have happened in my life and in this church between December and now. I shook my head and I said under my breath, it works, it really works. Hallelujah. When God said he will multiply the grace on our lives, that we'll do big things and it will not be difficult. We're already seeing it. In dramatic fashion. Some things I will share later. Glory to God. Listen, I want you to key in. Key in. All right. (laughs) You can't do much for God without, without faith. You can't. The plans that God has for you, you can only bring them to pass by faith. So the sooner you learn, God's plan for your life is bigger than your mind. You can only walk with God by faith. So you have to learn it. Without faith, you'll be mediocre in your walk with God. I mean, God will tell you to do stuff and you, 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 you just want out. Ah, well, let's be realistic. Which leads me to the second point. Second way to unlock the genius of faith. Be childlike. Be childlike. You know, the brilliance of faith is in its simplicity. Just, you know, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. You see, you are going to function with so much brilliance in the realm of the spirit when you become childlike, like God said, this is who I am. Okay, let's go. They will lay hands on the sick, they will recover. You mean it. Yeah, it's there in the word. Okay, let's try. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Look at the people that God commended for their faith. You know, many times, you know, we, we come up with 20 principles of faith. 49 principles of faith. 70 principles of faith. You know, likewise so many. You know, so, but just look at the examples that we talked about. The woman with the issue of blood, oh, Jesus is passing. I'm going to come out of my house, touch the hem of his garment, and I will be healed. That's brilliance. You know, the simplicity of faith makes you take bold actions you know bold action you, you just come okay look at the centurion i want you to come pray for some uh, someone needs a healing jesus says okay i will come and pray for him and he said ah come on now sir i'm a man under authority i say to one go and he goes he says speak the word only so listen and this also tells us how the realm of the spirit works 
Does this mean that every time Jesus followed people to their house, he didn't need to? Are you listening to me? Do you understand what I just asked? It took someone to say, I, I know you don't need to come. Speak the word. Imagine how effective, how more effective Jesus' ministry was, would have been, if he didn't have to follow people up and down. If they had enough faith to say, you know what, just say it. Hallelujah. But your faith literally limits your experience. That's what it does. It limits your experience. It limits your experience. So the time that Jesus followed Jairus to heal his daughter, he didn't need to. He didn't need to visit anybody. He could just speak. It took someone with the understanding, with the faith, to say, I, sir. It's not as if Jesus was saying, I'm busy, I can't come. And he said, okay, you know what? Since you can't come, just speak. Jesus wanted to come. He says, okay, let's go. He said, no, sir. I know you don't need to come. And Jesus, the Bible says, he marveled at his faith. Praise the Lord. Childlike faith. Childlike. You see, Jesus walking on water. You are Peter. You've been a fisherman all your life. You've dealt with water. Probably that same water all your life. But you, you never thought of walking on it. Oh, sir, is it you? If it's you, ask me to come. Like, who thinks about that? But it's people like that that walk with God the best. The people that you will call forward, you know, that will just say, oh, God, you really mean? Hallelujah. The first time I cast out the devil from someone, she actually came to be prayed for by my mentor. In school then, I had a mentor who used to do stuff like that. Then he was on IT. Oh, he was not available. The lady didn't know. So she came and was like, okay, he's not around. And she wanted to go. And I said, what have we been learning? I think I was in year two at the time. I said, what have we been, if, if we can't pray for this girl, so we know that someone has a problem, have I done it for? No, but come on. What did the Bible say? This sign shall follow them that believe. They will cast out devils. You know, a friend of mine told me last year, <laughs> he went to pray for a lady that was demon-possessed. As he began to talk, you know, the, the lady just gave him a hot slap. Pow! I said, I hope he didn't stop. He said, no. I continued and the demon left. I said, good. Good. It's part of it. The next time you show up, they won't slap you. They've not slapped me before, shower. <laughs> Do you understand? But the fact that he stayed, I, I, I won't live for you now. Hallelujah. Childlike faith. You just embrace it the way the word of God says it. Oh, oh you, you mean it? You mean I can, I can see the power of God at work in my life, in my health? Then I'm going to. Praise the Lord. 
What's number one? What's number two? You know, for a lot of people, their problem is not actually faith. The problem is unbelief. And I know, I know it seems automatic that once you get your faith up, unbelief will go. But it doesn't really work that way. And Jesus always tried to separate it. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. Many times, you know, we are getting our faith up, we listen to sermons like this, but then we go home to an environment, all right, that chokes up all that we have heard. And so when it's time to express, you know, the power of God, there are a lot of contradictions in our mind. That's what happens. That's what happens. And it's part of childlikeness, that innocence. Not many people have told him, you know, you, you can't do it, you know. I remember when I was young, I used to promise my mother things. Mommy, do you like a helicopter? I will buy you three. You know, I used to say, so when I was getting older, I can't remember how old I was then, like seven. I told her, I will buy you a helicopter. She looked at me. She didn't say you cannot, but the way she looked at me, she said, hmm. <laughs> so secretly, I was like, ah, to buy a helicopter is hard, though. Is, is, is that not how many of us are desensitized? Praise the Lord. But not only are there people who can afford helicopters, it is a human being that created it. Praise the Lord. I've decided that moderation for me will be that there are things that I can get that are not my priority, so I will not have. Not that there are things that I must not get because they are bigger than me. That, ah, how can I? Do you understand? Anything a fellow man created, I can own. I may refuse to own it so that it could put me in a position to be a blessing to more people. But not because it's... Do you understand what I'm saying? Number three, association. Build an environment of faith. Simple question, what church do you attend? What is their emphasis? It's not enough to say, ah, they actually believe. What is their emphasis? If they don't pray for the sick actively, it will affect you. If they don't evangelize actively, you have to understand how the spirit realm works. Anything that you don't use regularly, you will not grow. You will not grow. You know, there was one sermon I heard, very old. I don't even know if clips like that because men of God hardly talk about these things often. But in that sermon, Pastor Chris was talking about how you would go to Benzinidausa's office and in the reception he would see pictures of crusades, pictures of the sick being healed. And he would cry and say, God, will you ever use me like this? That's hard to imagine, right? 
So one day he went to a park of disabled people, prayed for every single one of them, and none of them was healed. Hallelujah. It's part of the growth. But associate yourself with people with an environment that can cultivate the giftings that you covet. So important. And I'm not, I'm not going to dwell on that. And number four, <laughs> because of time, maybe I will dwell on this much later, is consciousness of the divine nature. Consciousness of the divine nature. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Listen. When you realize that everything I've talked about today is actually your nature, is who you are, this signs will follow them that believe. So, I am not following after signs. Signs follow after me. I mean, like, um, even if I try to hide, they are my characteristics. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's what the Bible says. I cast out devils. Even when I don't mean to. Even when I don't plan to. I go to church programs. They say, let's hold our hands and share the grace. And then I don't hold someone and... I <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's who we are. The sooner you get conscious of it, the better. So you need to be conscious of it. You be conscious of it by confession. I know who I am. Through these hands flows the power of God. From the crown of my head to the tip of my toes, I'm full of power. I function with the creative ability of God. Every sickness has a cure. Every devil flees the door. And as I step out of my house today, I see the power of God at work in my life. You have to learn to talk like that, to function like that. I'm going to write a small mini book this year. I promised last year. I didn't say I would write it last year. I, pro I promised soon. So I'm saying this year. I'm putting a time frame to it. So much to pray. That's going to be the title. A lot of Christians, you know, they don't know what to say in the morning. And I'm just going to pen down some things for you. Some confessions. Hallelujah. Lord. I have the life of God in me. You, 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 you have to talk like that. He says, They that believe in me, the works that I do, they will do also and greater. He didn't lie. I will do greater works. The works that he did, I will do also. Praise the Lord. So my life will be naturally supernatural. I'm going to function consistently in the miraculous. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Everyone under the sound of my voice, listen. Immediately after this service, start functioning by faith. Make sure there is no aspect of your life that is relegated to the natural. Because life is not natural. Life is not natural. Be discerning. Some of us cannot even discern when the devil is playing games around, uh, around us. You think it's just a natural health challenge. You think it's just a normal business frustration. You don't see when the enemy is playing games. Learn to take a stand. Hallelujah. You are in a very wicked world. A 
know, I remember this is the last thing I will say because time is fast spent. My mom was so sick. You know, she has had many attacks like that. So sick. We spent a lot on drugs and all manner of things. And then after, during a prayer session, you know, prayer season, she slept. And then the truth was revealed. And there was this relative that just came, you know, all those relatives that come without announcing that they are coming. They just showed up at the door. And we're like, hey, we're surprised, literally. <laughs> and so because we didn't expect her to come, my dad didn't really have money to give her when she was going and gave her what she had. So in the dream, my mom saw herself tied to a tree. And the woman wearing black with other women, about six of them, said this woman was reporting her. This woman, I, we came to her house. I came to her house. And do you know how much she gave us? Something, something, something. This, 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 this. Listen. Oh, Batakaya. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Listen, don't forget the prophetic word we received this year. It's a year of order. By divine wisdom and creative power. Everything that is out of place in your life, you will arrange. You have to be ready. You have to be discerning. You have to function by the power of God. Don't be ordinary. Take authority over your life, over your family. Because whatever name you will give to things around you is what God will call them. Don't forget where we started. Whatever name Adam gave the animals is the name that even God calls them. God is waiting on you to appropriate his power in your life hallelujah a lot of people are waiting on god and god is saying i've given you the power stand up son stand up daughter and every tongue that rises in judgment against you he didn't say shall be condemned he says you hallelujah this is that year hallelujah are you ready to walk on water this year are you ready to move mountains this year? Rise to your feet. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.